Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. This podcast episode is about confinement, which is the third of the seven C's. And confinement, of course, well, in order to make the seven C's work, it has to start with a C. But, you know, a proper description might be solitary confinement. So this is something very important to talk about. Now, like I said last podcast, uh, a centered mind and the conscious eye are like peanut butter and jelly. And confinement is like the bread. And it creates a sandwich. And all three of them go together very, very, very nicely. So... Uh, with me today is Keisha and Tina. Keisha was here for the um, for the centered the mind, center mind one. and then Tina was here for the conscious eye. And now you're both here for confinement, so you're locked up. We're gonna lock, <laughs> gonna lock you up. <laughs> Obviously, I, I spoke on this topic at the seminar, but there's so much more to dive into. Confinement is when you put yourself into a situation where you got nothing to do, nowhere to go, there's nothing. There's no phone, there's no television, there's no nothing. That sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be horrible for Westerners, of course. The whole purpose is to be alone. You break up that word, it's all one, to create oneness in yourself. You have to be alone. You have to be silent. You have to put yourself in this situation so that you can detox your mind and finally get to your true self. In Sufi tradition, this would be called the heart. So now you can be steered by the heart or like we like to call it, the conscious eye. You can make quality decisions by doing this but it takes time it takes a lot of time to get into that confinement and to really work it out with yourself in the western world people are scared of confinement and makes them uneasy because we're so used to distractions we're so used to everything and it's worse now than it was 20 years ago because the smartphones social Mm -hmm. media is absurd uh you know, put somebody on a one-week in Instagram detox, and they'll hmm. probably go a little nuts. You know, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, I mean, even uh, you know. Sorry, mom, but my mom, seventy-year-old mom, is completely addicted to social media. Really? Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, she sits there with the phone, and it's it's. You know, I joke with her all the time. I say, you're you're. You know, you would have never passed high school if you had these things. <laughs> you know, it gets you. But people think of confinement as jail. Sure, and that's a because good... Because that's what they, they tell you when you're in right. jail. If you commit a certain crime in while you're in jail, mm-hmm. they put you in solitary, solitary confinement. Right. So. Right. And it's framed as a punishment. Mm-hmm. But right? could solitary confinement also be like being stuck on a island by yourself? Yeah, it could be confinement, but... It's a different kind that's not voluntary. This is voluntary. Uh, and, and we talked about, 
how Westerners put their kids in timeout. Mm-hmm. That's confinement, and the kid goes nuts. And, you know, I joked about, you know, you put an Eastern kid, you can't put an Eastern kid in timeout because they'll meditate or <laughs> levitate, they'll do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Western disease. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to be alone. Mm. We have no idea how to be alone. And if you don't know how to be alone, then you don't know how to die. So now there's a problem there. So when the time comes, people freak out. You know, you see the the obituary or the the article that comes out about so-and-so died, gathered around his family. Yeah. Why would they be gathered around their family? Mm -hmm. Because they're scared. Well, that's also because the family wants to be around them in their last time, too. I wouldn't want my family around me. Mm. You say your last words and be gone. Well, you, you it's know, time to, it's, death is a very, it's the most important event of your life. And it's a very spiritual experience. You want to be alone. Well, I know like a lot of um, patients that I used to do hospice for, mm-hmm. um, the the family would sit and sit and wait for that person to die. You're right. And then what ends up happening is when the family leaves the room, then they die, then they die when the family is not there. That's right. Um, you know, sometimes I and they get then they get upset. Oh my God, they died alone. Right. And I was like, well, that's probably how they wanted to die. They sure. wanted to be by themselves. When when I did, I had to do mad training be a hospice volunteer and that's in the training Mm -hmm. is that sometimes um the family delays the death by annoying them yeah maybe not on purpose but the person wants to die alone it's it's like it's like taking a dump leave me alone (laughs) leave me alone why would i want my family here you know that's where you're comparing it (laughs) i know (laughs) this is a spiritual podcast (laughs) very spiritual uh when you're dying you're it's it's a it's a transmission it's a your pa- your pa- energy yeah you're passing over mm-hmm. and you want to be alone in order to break down all of the suffering that we have all the bad things that happen to us in our lives all the suffering that we go through with our mind because our mind can't shut up yep 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 constantly going we've already talked about this in the other podcast confinement is how you bring this to the next level. Confinement is a superpower. It's how you become liberated. I mean, all seven C's have to come together. Mm -hmm. But confinement is like, you know, if you're a football player, confinement is the playoffs. You know, that's, that's, it's not regular season. It's it's playoffs. It's playoff time. It's time to step your game up and be alone. Again, Westerners don't know. So it's like how, if you're married, how do you, you know, how would your husband react, Keisha, if you walked up to him and said, uh, by the way, tomorrow <laughs> I'm not talking. Uh, I'm not doing anything. Just leave me alone. I'm going into confinement. He'll look at me like I was crazy. <laughs> like, what do you mean you going into confinement? <laughs> right, exactly. He'd be like, can I come with you? Is that a place that you can go to? It's not a bar. <laughs> it's not a bar, sir. It's not a bar. So, 
uh, this is how this is how we do it, and all the spiritual masters do it. Um, where did Jesus go? He went the desert, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Gautama the Buddha went under the Bodhi tree. Um, Master Bodhidharma went into the cave. Um, uh, Muhammad also went into the cave. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. All the all the centuries, all the way up to present time, there's masters going into, or you know, people that want to be masters going into confinement. Mm. Westerners are going into the shopping mall. They're not going into confinement. Mm. When you go into confinement, when you're alone with yourself for a long period of time, I'm talking three hours or more. Some people do a whole day or a whole week. You're you're going face to face with your thoughts. Mm. That it, can be scary for some people too. It it's very scary. It's Rocky versus the Russian. It's head to head. It's a war. It's a battle. It's a battle, and everything's going to come up, everything. Stuff that happened to you when you were 13, you know, past relationships, you know, father issues. Everything's going to just And so what it becomes is it basically becomes a mental detox. Mm. You're forced into it. Now, you think about it. Us Westerners were never forced into this because we constantly have our phone in our hand. We're constantly watching television. We're constantly listening to the radio. It's constant distraction after distraction after distraction. You're never put into a situation where you have to be alone with yourself. Mm. But then if something happens and you are forced to be alone with yourself, now all heck breaks out. Because you're like, I don't know what to do. You start shaking. You start going nuts. You're pacing back and forth. You don't know what to do. And people go nuts. This is what happens in prison. This can happen in prison. If somebody's not used to it and they go, it's like a, it's, it's a shock. These thoughts when you're alone, mm-hmm. then what? They, you just process them because you're by yourself differently and then they go away forever? Yeah, you use the conscious eye like we talked about in yeah. that last podcast. But when you say you like to be alone... Are you talking about without distractions? Mm-hmm. Well, I like to like read. Sure. Like that. Reading is a distraction. So you just have to sit there and be alone and not do anything. Huh? You basically you meditate, or you in- intermittently meditate. Maybe you meditate for thirty minutes, then you just people watch or whatever. You know, we talked about watch the grass grow, mm-hmm. watch the trees dance, listen to the si- the, the birds sing. That's a short version of confinement. I'm reminded of the Bodhidharma story. It's one of my favorite stories. So Master Bodhidharma was, is from India. And, uh, you know, he was Buddhist. He was arguably one of the most um, advanced uh, disciples of Gautama the Buddha. Um, many years later, you can be a disciple of someone even if they're long dead. Mm. And so he went to China because Buddhism spread to China. And he wanted to, because the Chinese kind of went left field with it. 
and he went to kind of bring it back like hey you know you guys are getting a little crazy with that you know so he went and he talked to the emperor of china and the emperor of china is like oh we have this great because they're looking at him as a great master because he's indian and buddhism came from india so the chinese are like he's a great master you know and he asks bodhidharma he says am i going to receive merits when i die for building all these buddhist temples and all these statues and bodhidharma says no in fact it's going to go against you hmm. and the emperor is like what you know he could have easily just cut his head off right there he has all the power in the, in, in the world but bodhidharma is like no because you know you're 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 worshiping statues and it you know you, you've taken it way left field it's not what Buddhism is supposed to be about. So he gets mad at Bodhidharma. You know, leave, you know, get out. And Bodhidharma just comes to the conclusion that they're not ready. It's like these, these people, they're, they're not ready yet, you know. So he's supposed to go to Shaolin. He's supposed to go to the Shaolin Temple and teach them some things. And, of course, we know about the Shaolin Temple from the Wu-Tang <laughs> in 1993. But it's ancient. And so Bodhidharma is just like, nobody's ready. So he goes to the top of the Shaolin Temple, and he finds a cave. He goes into the cave. He sits down, face against the wall, not towards the cave, against the wall, so the, the entrance is to his back. Mm -hmm. And he goes into a deep meditation for nine years. What? Wow. <clears throat> Without eating? Without eating, without drinking. For nine years he didn't eat or drink? Correct. So now the Chinese are like, what the heck is going on? They're coming in. They don't believe it. They're shaking them. They're leaving food just in case, but the food's collecting. The rats are eating the food, you know? And they're just like, they can't believe what they see. After a year, they're just like, this is wild. Well, after a year or so, they all finally said, whenever this guy wakes up, we need to listen to him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> His fingernails are growing. It's crazy stuff. And uh, it's still there to this day. The cave is dedicated to Master Bodhidharma. You can go visit it. You can go in there. The whole nine yards above the Shaolin Temple. And uh, he finally awoke nine years later when this disciple showed up and came to the cave and he just said the right things Bodhidharma felt the energy and he just woke up turned around like you're my next disciple and it just spread from there and wow. that was the beginning of Zen what's called Zen so yeah Zen is a very different tradition than all the traditions and religions because Zen is very much a practice it's about a certain way to meditate it's about becoming it's about entering into nothingness, you know, dropping the ego and going into confinement is a big part of this process. People listening to this probably aren't ready for nine years, <laughs> but. How is that possible? Like without eating or drinking? No, a lot of people don't <clears throat> eat or drink. For nine years? Sure. A lot of people don't eat or drink without ever. Water or yeah, no. Well, you have to understand that your your cells don't your cells are atoms. Your atoms are electricity. It doesn't need food. 
right? Your atoms need source, just like the light right here in the room. The light in the room doesn't need food. It needs source. So our source, of course, comes from the sun and the oxygen. Now, somebody has to be very advanced for that. So do you need food? You need food. Currently, I need food. But if somebody were to work that out, they don't need food. Genesis on fire was breatharian for five or six years. Hilton Hotima was breatharian for decades. There's lots of people, especially in the Eastern world, lots of yogis that lived to 144 and didn't eat. It's just there's so much the Westerners <laughs> don't know. And... Um, because everything's Jesus, 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 and it's kind of like a, you know, there's nothing wrong with Jesus, but it's like a smoke screen. It's like, a, you know, you only look at the accident over here, right. so you don't see the other side of the road. Mm. <laughs> it's like, close your eyes. You know, there's a whole bunch of Indians and Chinese people that have been around a long time, and they got some serious secrets. The sun is our source. The sun is our source, and the air is our nutrients. So, you know, I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea, and I don't want anyone to, like, start their nine-year fast tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but... Because, you know, you'll have somebody that will do it, or try at least, and they'll be like, oh, because that, mm-hmm. that Dr. Reese told me yeah, to do that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Blame it on Bodhidharma. You know, you can even go back to the Garden of Eden and find metaphors in there, too. Right? Like, as soon as Eve ate the piece of fruit, everything changed, right? That's the way the story is? Mm-hmm. So, things before that, there's, you know, if you're a Bible person, how long were people living? Yeah. Thousands of years? Mm-hmm. They were. How old was Moses? He wasn't, he wasn't like a 80-year-old man. No, he was way he past that. He was way past that. Way past that. And having kids, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot that we don't understand and like I said, Westerners don't want to understand. They just want to go shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to soup. They want to supersize it. Yeah. They want to supersize their fries, and they want to go to church on Sunday, and that's it. So, confinement is where we detox our mental issues. Can somebody go kind of crazy doing that by themselves? Yeah, but... Like, I think I would need to be in a padded room. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) crazy is a very interesting, you know, terminology. Because the real crazy people are the the people that are conformed to society, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The the quote-unquote sheep, right? Right? They said Jesus was crazy, but... He was sane. Everybody else was crazy. Mm-hmm. They thought Gautama the Buddha was crazy. No, he was sane. Everyone else is crazy. And then when they deem you crazy, then they go after you. Mm-hmm. Socrates, they killed Socrates. Mm-hmm. He's a crazy old man. They killed Socrates. If you know what you're doing, in other words, if somebody hears this podcast, and they understand this podcast, then they they can deal with the process and not view themselves as crazy. It's no different than detox 
and what what you guys did with your bodies when you did my program years ago, mm-hmm. you, you detox your body. So when you break out with a healing event, everyone else thinks you're crazy, but you're just getting rid of your waste, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Tina, do you remember when you broke out with your infamous rash? I do. And <laughs> you're so stubborn, you wouldn't listen to me. You're like, you're like, no, I think I'm allergic to something. I'm like, you're detoxing. <laughs> and Keisha, you had uh, a blood pressure spike one time, and mm-hmm. you were worried about it. I'm like, you're detoxing. Yeah. Other people think that you, me, or whoever are crazy for releasing waste from our body. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. understand it. Confinement is the same thing, but for the mind. It's detox for the mind. And you'll have wicked, wicked thoughts. And this is how we get rid of them. You don't like someone, and you think about throat chopping them. We talked about throat chopping last week, Tina. (laughs) You know, the confinement may force you to have an all-out beating where you just jump on that person and beat the snot out of them. But you know what? It's going away. It's going away. Your thoughts are just, you know, releasing. When Gautama the Buddha was underneath the Bodhi tree, so if, if you know his story, he, um, before he became the Buddha, his name was Siddhartha Gautama. And he was the prince. He was born into a kingdom. A very wealthy man could have anything he ever wanted. His his king, the father, would give him whatever he wanted. But he was searching for more. And at the age of 29, he left the kingdom to become an ascetic. So he was dealing with the yogis and the Hindus, and he's like searching for enlightenment, and he's... You know, they said he was living off like one or two grains of rice a day. He was, you know, piercing his body. He was doing all these things that they were doing in India to search for enlightenment, which they thought was pushing your body to the limit. You know, living out in the open, not having a home, being a beggar, basically, Mm. you know. And after, I think it was, I think it was six years, he said, I've had enough. This is ridiculous. And he just had this intuition that I'm going to sit underneath this tree for as long as I have to. And that's what he did. He sat underneath the tree, and the transformation started. And everything came. Everything came out. And that's where the classic story of him confronting Mara. Mara is like, kind of the same thing as the devil so what westerners would say is the devil Mm -hmm. indians would say is mara so this guy mara came and he tempted him with food and women and blah blah blah, and he had to resist it and this is all metaphors for the detox that his mind was going through Mm -hmm. and he went through that just this amazing process that happened and He saw past lives. He saw everything. Everything was just... Now, he had set himself up for those six years. So even though the six years maybe didn't feel worth it, it all came together. 
all he had to do was sit down and force himself to be confined and to meditate for as long as you got to go. And he did that. And that's when he became a Buddha. A Buddha. Eventually they nicknamed him the Buddha. But Buddha is not a person's name. It just means awakened ones. Anyone can become a Buddha. So anybody can become a Christ. So he became awakened. When he awoke, everything was different, you know. Everything looked different, and he he touched the ground, and he said, as the earth is my witness, me and all beings wake together, awake together. So what he meant by that is everything changed. The trees, the birds, everything changed because you become filled with electricity. Hmm. Light. That's why they call it enlightenment. Enlightenment. Right. It's kind of a watered-down word, but that's what it means. We're electricity. Hmm. It's an absolute fact. So... That's his story. Confinement. Mm. Confinement is what put his spiritual journey over the top. Mm. And in the Zen tradition, they bring that in now. They have this thing called session. Session. And it's where they have the the people that sit in a room for a week. It's a week of meditation. Hardcore. I think it's 12 hours of meditation and they'll let you they'll let you sleep and they'll let you get some food but it's all week meditation you don't leave the room unless you have to use the bathroom hmm. your legs fall asleep because you're cross-legged it's intense it's like navy seal boot camp <laughs> for spiritual awakening hmm. but that's what you do you can find yourself. And we can do this. Now, we don't have to go hardcore, especially not right away. You, mm. you, we work into it. But we have libraries. Libraries are a great place for confinement. That's what I used to do. So you come to a, go to a library. You find a place to sit. You spend a day. Just sit. Just sit. You meditate. And it's hard. At first, it's hard because you get antsy. You get antsy, where's my phone? Oh my gosh, I got an itch, blah, 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 you know. Maybe I should call someone. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I notice now when I have my, when I have to meditate, like when I, I have to like almost force myself to do it now, but um, when I do it, I have to go all the way downstairs in my basement mm-hmm. with the door shut. I leave my phone upstairs. Right. Um, so that I won't, be bothered by the distractions right and obviously i wait till all the kids are out the house when i'm doing it because mm-hmm. i can't do it if they're like running around upstairs mm-hmm. <laughs> but um i i'm down i you know I, I sit in the basement and i just sit there i have a um like a like kind of like a, a fold out bed that's down there and i sit in the middle of the bed mm-hmm. and i just sit there and i meditate right um but what I've noticed, though, what ends up happening, because you were saying, talking about all the thoughts, the thoughts come in my head. Mm-hmm. And then it's all of a sudden I start getting panicky, like, mm-hmm. because I don't want to think of those things. And I'm trying to like, oh, no, I'm trying to clear my mind. I'm trying to like not think about all that stuff and everything. But I notice that I am thinking about stuff that's in the past, like things that comes up mm-hmm. and, and everything. And I have to like, it, but then it makes me like break my meditation and I leave from 
the situation. I don't I don't follow through mm-hmm. the You give up. Yeah. I don't follow through the process because I don't want to because I'm like I'm trying to think about any I'm not trying to think about anything. So what we talked about in the last episode is the conscious eye. So the conscious eye would observe your thoughts mm-hmm. and just watch them with no judgment. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you keep going. Don't worry about your thoughts. You just the important thing is that you're there for 30 to 60 minutes and you get through it. Mm-hmm. If your mind goes crazy, let it go crazy. Because the more you do it, the more it will stop. Gotcha. It's just like going to the gym and working your biceps. The more you lift, the, the bigger your muscles will get. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the same type of thing. The conscious eye is how we witness. It's like we talked about, we talked about um, it being like a parent and redirecting a four-year-old or a five-year-old. Like, hey, thought. I love you, but, you know, go this way, mm. you know, and don't judge it, you know. Mm-hmm. Sip a coconut water for the working man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you are too funny. <laughs> so um, it's, it's harder to do at home. I'd say you're a lucky person if you live alone. Mm. If you live with people and they go out for the day, boom. There's your opportunity. But we don't think of that. It's like the old Chris Rock stand-up bit when, he's, when he says, um, when I'm home alone, he's like, my masturbation is different. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like that. Yeah. He's like, this, this is the you can scream, no one's here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that, but it's oh, not perverted. Okay. Inner peace. It appears. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta be real. Hey. The yeah. met- the metaphor works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so conditioned to when people leave, and we're like, "Oh, we got the house." Mm-hmm. We're so conditioned to do laundry, clean. Do laundry, clean. Do what Chris Rock said, <laughs> <laughs> or do your work. Play your music loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. If you change your thinking, this is an opportunity to do some mental work to do confinement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But otherwise I would say the library. And this is why but this is why people go on retreats. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of silent retreats out there. Mm-hmm. And silence is another thing. Mm-hmm. Right? We've talked about language quite a quite a lot. And we talk about how language is not man made. I mean it is man made. It's not natural. We think the same thing, right? We don't think in French. We think in English because that's what we're taught. So some people go to silent retreats. They don't talk for like the whole week. It's key. Mm. It's key. And some people do intermittent silent fasts. So you work it into your life. Maybe you don't talk until noon. Said my job. I can't do that. She's like, yeah, no, I think I'll go work for this place and be able to talk to people and greet them when they're coming in. I can't be one of these people that sits here. Yeah. Because you'll, again, I feel like I'll go crazy. I'm not. So. Here, because. But I do see that that would be a way to get your thoughts out by being silent because you have to deal with them. Silence is a big part of confinement. It's not talking. That's why a library is a great place. 
Mm. You come to the library, there's nobody to talk to. There's nobody that you need to talk to. Well, you just sit there. Huh? There's distractions. Distractions are good. Like noise distractions are okay. I remember my spiritual mentor once said um, something along the lines of, um, you know you're there when you can like meditate in Times Square. Hmm. <laughs> when you can just hear all the distractions, all the noise, all the horns. You can even smell the sewage and just still be in your place. Mm. See, that's the beauty of meditation. You, 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 you take it with you. <laughs> you take it with you. I wonder if that's the same for moms. You know how we, like, recognize the screams <laughs> and we just, like, ignore yeah. some of them and... Mm-hmm. Because we know that which ones are the mm-hmm. ones that really that we need to focus yeah. <laughs> right. focus on, or we have to run to. <laughs> but other ones we just kind of like block it out. Block it out. <laughs> like I didn't hear it. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't want to deal a with lot that of one. The time when my daughter's talking to me, I don't even hear. Her. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times sometimes I don't hear. I don't hear my daughter talking to me at times either. When she's talking to me, tell a whole story. She'll like, tell a whole oh, story, wait, and I'm not even. I'm I'm looking at her, but I'm not even. Yeah. I'm not even with her. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if that's meditation. I think that's just <laughs> being a mom. Being a mom because we're just trying to get through. Yeah, get through the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, a mom could use some confinement. Yeah. Yes, For definitely. Real. On a beach. Preferably. A beach could, could work, sure. But. Or a beach might just be a meditation session. Keep in mind, confinement is like three, four hours or more. You know what I mean? Meditation is more 30 to 60 minutes, you know, at a clip. You know? So so this is how we detox our minds. Use the conscious eye to observe everything. And get your mind to be centered. The more you do it the more life will change, you know, life will change. You'll get that, you'll get closer to those six flowers that are going to blossom inside the glass dome, the metaphor from the seminar. Mm-hmm. But when do Westerners have time? When? Right. Parents, kids, job, mortgage. You got to make time. You have to, like, force yourself to do it. I have to set aside time to do it. Mm-hmm. Whether even, like, especially when I'm at work and I know that I, especially when I'm at work and I know that I didn't do it that day or whatever that during the day. And I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do it mm-hmm. when my office door, when I, no one else is in my office, I close my door. So when I close my door, then people think I'm just not there, Right. but I close the door and then I'll sit, I will have the computer turned off and I'll just sit for like 15 minutes mm-hmm. just in silence, not, doing anything yeah because i have to take that breathe you know that breath i have to take that break because i right. need that break mm-hmm. sure absolutely and as we go through life we create more junk you know again the metaphor of physical detox is the same thing it's like eating pizza and chicken wings and ice cream mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're building up more waste in your body that you technically should detox out mm. at some point. And this is the same thing. Something happens at your job. Something happens at your kid's little league game. Something happens with the, you know, the, the baby mama drama, baby, baby daddy drama, whatever it is. <laughs> like, this is pizza, chicken wings, and ice cream. And it's all built up, and you need to detox it out. And we do that with meditation and confinement. The metaphor makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The question is, are people prepared to do this? Just imagine somebody who suffers from chronic anxiety. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? They're going to freak out. Yeah, they are going to freak out. They're going to get anxiety. But it's going to go away eventually. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... They just have to get through it. They get through that that time frame where they are. Right. Having all the... They have to... They have to just say, you know what, I'm going to stick this out and just know that the end is going to be better. Yeah. See, this is how we get to our natural self. We're not who we think we are. And the Western world convinces us to think that my name is Keisha and I'm from Bloomfield and I'm five. 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 And I have two (laughs) kids and like you're... You're something deeper than that. That's your outer life. That's your circumstance. We're something different. And how could we ever know that unless we perform these, what I call seven C's, the inner peace practice? Um, How could we ever know it? The only other way would be somebody that maybe had a near-death experience. But even then, that doesn't mean somebody's going to get serious about it. They may just take their story and talk about it at the next barbecue. And it just becomes a conversation piece. I think sometimes they get serious at that moment, and Mm -hmm. then that moment goes away. Right. Sure. This is how we do it. This is how we dissolve our ego and, you know, dissolve our personality and get down to the nitty-gritty of who we really are. Which is electricity powered by the sun. Mm. You always got the air. That's why the the people that don't eat or drink they call them breatharians. It's the term for it. Mm. But the air is so polluted. The air is polluted. Yep. That's another reason why it would be very, very challenging to become a breatharian now. Um. You know, again, Genesis Sunfire did it, um, but he detoxed his body so, so much. I mean, he went raw vegan, and then he went fruitarian, then he went liquidarian, and then he worked his way, and he went through a lot of detox events. And like I said, there's yogis and masters out in the in the Eastern world that are breatharians too, but a lot of them are in the Himalayas. They're higher up where it's less polluted and it's closer to the sun. (laughs) But anyway, that's enough with the breatharian stuff. You know, we're here, we're here in the the Western world and we're all going to stay in the Western world more than likely because this is what we're used to. So that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We just need to learn how to get to our true self and we need to learn to to live in we need to learn to live in society 
but not let society live in us. It's like it's a treasure hunt. Your life is a treasure hunt, and it's on you to find the treasure. And if you don't, then gotta come back and try again. Yeah, that's that's another. That might be another podcast for another day too. <laughs> but you only get this life as you know it through your eyes. And everybody has the potential to get this treasure. But it takes work. Because the work, people think that you have to attain it. It's not. Just like the metaphor, you have to clean the glass. So you have to unprogram yourself. You have to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff. You got to put in some work with meditation and confinement and the conscious eye and all this, the seven C's. And then you're... You know, one day, boom, and everything will change. Just like Gautama the Buddha under the tree, mm. Jesus in the desert. You know, they, they've been telling us. Jesus told us. Gautama the Buddha told us. Bodhidharma told us. Jalaluddin told us. Krishna told us. Osho told us. Gurchif told us. Mohammed told us. Okay, Yogananda told us. You know, the list just goes on and on and on. Lao Tzu, Paul Twitchell, just all these people that have been on this earth that have discovered their treasure. They've taught us how to find our treasure. But we've been sucked into belief we've been sucked into religious belief even if you're atheist it's a belief <laughs> so atheist being an atheist is actually a religion just like christianity or islam you know what i'm saying so the treasure is there this is what jesus used to call the kingdom of heaven which is inside you Mm-hmm. But people take it the wrong way. That's why they bow to Buddha statues. Mm. That's why people wear crosses on their neck. They're looking at it the wrong way. <laughs> They're not taking the story. They're not taking the stories and the teachings and using them. Mm-hmm. They're just representing. representing. Yeah. No different than wearing a, you know, a Patriots hoodie, right? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are. (laughs) Where's your Where's your Tom Brady uh, necklace? It's not that serious. (laughs) (laughs) TB12. So. But people also just regurgitate too. Yeah. Like teachings, like. You know, I've had people um, recite the Bible to me all the time. They mm-hmm. throw it, they regurgitate, regurgitate it back to me in um, like different scriptures or whatever from the Bible, and is as if they they do it as um as an attack on me mm-hmm. when they're when they're when they're doing this, and it's just like, do you even know what you're regurgitating? Because all you're doing is regurgitating back what you were taught. Mm-hmm. You're not regard. You're not. You're not speaking or telling me anything mm-hmm. that you have learned on your own. 
or that you have discovered on your own. Right. This is something that was taught to you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that you didn't you didn't research. And a you, lot of the time they're not applying it to themselves. They're not either. applying it, right. And they, mm-hmm. they, you know, so it's like What's the first part of the word scripture? Script. Script. Mm-hmm. This takes me back to Master Bodhidharma again. He changed the face of Buddhism. He got rid of the scriptures. Mm. That's what Zen is. It's away from the scriptures. I don't know if anyone's ever done that with Christianity. I'm not sure. But I know the Jehovah Witnesses definitely changed it around. Mm. For the better, in my opinion. Mm. You know, they don't wear crosses. They don't do Santa Claus. Yeah, I was going to say they don't do really much of any holidays at no, all. No, they're, they're very, yeah. they're about the teachings. They're about the teachings. They're about the teachings. But they are about their scripture. So Bodhidharma threw the Buddhist scriptures away. Mm-hmm. He's saying you don't need them. He's saying you need meditation, you need confinement. Mm-hmm. He's saying you need the Gautama the Buddha's basic teachings. The basic teachings, which can, can be taught in 10 minutes. It's like you need the basics and you need the practice. Because that's the key word is practice. Mm-hmm. Getting up and going to church is not practice. No, that's not practice. You know, at home or when, we're, when I'm discussing it back and forth, like with my husband or with someone else, and we're just talking. What they, which they call fellowshipping mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing about church is fellowshipping. That's why people feel more connected there because it's, you know, everybody praising at the same time, which is understandable, but I feel like... Right, you know, but you can fellowship without... Well, that, right, without being in a church. Without being in a church. Anyway. The church is just the building. Right. Right. Yeah, the church is just the building. You, you That is just the, the, the building, and you have someone who sit there and they sit on their pulpit. I'm probably going to make a lot of Christians pissed off when I'm saying this, but you have this person who sits and stands at the pulpit. Right, right. right? But it's not, it's not just Christianity. It's all religions. Right, all, right. So it's all gonna, religions. So you have someone is, who's supposed to be this anointed one who was chosen by God to preach the, te- the teachings of the word. But if you want to go by the Bible, if you want to like go in deeper into the Bible and if you want to read it, he did say... I leave you now, and I leave you with my comforter. So if he left all of us with, your, with his comforter, which is supposed to be the Holy Spirit, then we all have, we all have the power to do all the things mm-hmm. that they're trying to teach us to do. Right. This, this preacher or this pastor or this you know, minister or whoever, we have that power. If he left us the Holy Spirit, with this, which is within us, mm-hmm. that means we have the power to do those things for ourselves. Sure. Why do I need someone else? I'm sorry, I'm going on my soapbox. I'm sorry, but um, why do we need that person? From why do I have to go to a church or a building to to feel like I'm to be closer to my higher power or right. to my divine one? Why do I need to do that? I don't need that if I already have a part of him or a part of her living inside of me. Right. Getting up and going to the Buddhist temple is not practice. Going to the Jewish temple is not practice. That's community, which is fine. Definitely not against that at all. Go to church. Go to temple. It's fine. But you have to practice. You can't, you can't 
indulge in your religion three hours a week and expect your life to completely change. You need to practice. And that's why I've taken everything, put them together, and created the inner peace practice, which is, which are these seven C's. Very easy to remember, very easy to follow. But practice takes work. If you want to be in the NBA, you got to practice. And so that's why we're here, and that's why we're doing this podcast, to help people. Got to practice. So um, just wrapping this up. You can go to the library. You can practice confinement. You can start small. You can bring some audio, uh, earbuds, listen to some music, of course, non-lyrical music. You know, my boy Paul Horn comes yes, to Yes, I have him on my, my downloads. I have Paul Horn. I listen to Paul Horn while Good. I'm driving. Good. Mm-hmm. A few people hit me up after the seminar. Like, who is that guy you were talking about? Paul Horn. <laughs> Paul Horn. So... We need non-stimulating things in order to get in the confinement and to detox all these mental issues out of us. And it takes time. It takes time. So with all that said, the next episode will be the fourth C, which is clean living. It's my favorite topic. It's the topic that people don't like the most because they have to change their lifestyle. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we're available on pretty much every major platform, Google, Google Play, um, iTunes, um, Stitcher, Spotify. So be sure to subscribe and be sure to share. Put it on your social media outlets and let people know. Spread the good word. If, if we've resonated with you, if this inner peace practice opens up your heart, please share it. And if you want to learn more, go to Dr. Reese. Dot com. That's doctor spelled out. And there's free free webinars up there now uh, that you can do. And my books are on Amazon, so you can find everything there. And I look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. Walk with peace.